0: They say the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. Well, you, you and I, we were meant to be free. And now God invites you to a soul-shaking, chain-breaking, life-giving adventure with your closest friends. We will share our stories of struggle and bravely explore the uncharted places of our soul we will do this together and promise one another we won't stop until we are free liberation awaits today freedom calls out your name this is the way the new way to be free All right. Hey, welcome to Liquid Church, everybody. My name's Tim. I'm with the pastors here. We got to welcome all our campuses joining us around New Jersey. We're glad you guys are here. If you're watching online, today we are going to partay because it is the end of our series Freeway. We've had an outstanding time. If you guys enjoyed it? I need a little bit more than that. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah. All right. Uh, I know my small group of millennials has, for the last two months, Colleen and I on Tuesday nights we've been kind of meeting with a small group of twenty somethings. We've eaten great food, we've shared stories of you know struggles of successes, and really prayed and shared life together as we've taken this journey of six steps. And today we arrive at our destination that is freedom. Now this is like a brave heart moment, people. All right, so I want to hear you yell the word freedom on three, but you got to use your brave heart voice. Ready? One, two, three. Freedom! Oh, that was good, man. God, paint your face blue. That was great. Freedom in Christ really is the ultimate goal of our faith, and freedom involves realizing that God has set you free to liberate others. And today, I'm going to outline some next steps you can take as we continue this journey after the series ends so that you can follow Jesus. Remember, who promised this? He said, if the Son sets you free, you will be what? free indeed. And today I got some balloons with me. They see all sorts of different things on them. And uh, these represent some of the things that people are being set free from in their stories, from fear, from porn, from uh, divorce. We have lies, different things that we carry around in our life, sources of guilt and shame and regret. And we're letting them go just as Jesus has taught us to. Last week, you saw how Jesus, when he was baptized, he had this secret source of identity. In other words, as God's one and only son, he had this profound sense of sonship, that he was a source of delight for his heavenly father. And we saw that as baptism, right? The heavens parted, God, the father spoke and said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am what? You remember? Well pleased, right? He's saying, that's my boy, Jesus, I'm so proud of him. And if you signed up for baptism, man, I'm proud of you. What a joy to know that as a child of God, the father loves you. You are God's son or daughter in Christ, which means God feels about you the same way he felt about Jesus. You know, I think that's a a profound thought for a lot of people because a lot of people think like, well, I know God loves me. I'm just not sure if he likes me, you know? But the reality is on the cross, Jesus takes all of our sin and then he gives us his righteousness, his perfect life. So it's like when God sees you, he sees the perfection of Jesus. And so his love for you is perfect. You have no fear whatsoever punishment. God the Father's writing the story of your life. Nothing happens to you apart from his will. So we have a lot to look forward to, amen? We don't just have the hope of heaven, but our gracious Father makes this promise. He says, I'm going to work everything. Everything that happens in your life. Together for the good of those who love me. Now, did you know this though? After Jesus was baptized, we're told he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness where he was actually spiritually attacked by the devil at the level of his identity. Now, Satan, the Bible, is called the father of lies. And what that means is, is that he's the accuser. And he, remember, Jesus heard, he says, this is my son, God the Father says. And then Satan says to him in the desert, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. In other words, he attacks Jesus where he's weak. He taunts him. He tempts him and, and, and throws these false voices and lies at him. And it teaches us something. Anytime you or I take a step towards freedom, guess what? The enemy will oppose you. You need to expect that. Jesus came to set you free, but Satan wants to keep us enslaved. In these shackles of guilt, of shame, of fear, regret for past mistakes, hope that things could change. It'll never change. Why? He says those things to you so that you will stay enslaved. Because he knows if you actually lived out of like you're liberating the lavish love of God, he knows you would be dangerous. Because this whole world system operates, guys, on principles of fear and pain and manipulation and lies. And he wants to keep you living a polite, quiet life. That's what the enemy does. He tries to keep you intimidated. Go to church on Sunday, but you're going to live in defeat the rest of the week. Satan loves the status quo. Because when we're enslaved, God doesn't get any glory. But Jesus Christ says, I came for one reason, and that is to set the captives free. Amen? As Galatians 5 reads, it says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And this really leads us to our big idea today, and that is Christ's followers are freedom fighters. In a lot of ways, if you ask, what's the purpose of my life? The day-to-day purpose of your life is not just to fight for your own freedom, but the freedom of those you love. I will give you an example. It's about fighting for the freedom of your brother who is addicted to pornography. Or it's fighting for the freedom of your, your sister who is who lives with a tremendous amount of shame about her failed marriage and says, Is there any hope that I could start over? I don't know that I really have a future. Or it's, it's for the freedom of a businessman, you know, who feels guilty about his failed business or the debt that he's in. We all carry these things around, and God says, I've come to set the captives free. And how do I do that? Here's how. You, you're looking at them. You guys are God's A plan. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's you. It's you. You're the one who are going to set us free, okay? Christ's followers, as it's polite to point, it's okay. Christ's followers are freedom fighters. The whole purpose of your faith isn't just to fight for your own freedom, but those around you, your family at home, your family in this church, the people sitting next to you. You're going to read this week in your workbook as our small groups meet, you're going to read this. You and I have been rescued to become rescuers. That's freedom's job offer. And in a stunning plot twist that you never saw coming, all this has never really been about you in the first place, but about him, Jesus, and them, those he loves. The journey to freedom isn't just about us breaking free, but about joining the soul liberation front. I love that phrase, soul liberation front. Sounds like a hip hop album, right? (laughs) God has given you a role to play in the spiritual battle around you, and that is you are rescued to be a rescuer. That is the ultimate purpose of your freedom. And you know, a lot of you are doing that every week. You are using your freedom in Christ to lead a pack of middle school boys or mentor a high school student. In fact, I want to give a special thank you to all of our small group leaders at every campus who for the last two months have been fighting for the freedom of the hearts of many people. Can we thank them? You guys are freedom fighters. You're on the front line. I want to thank you for that all over New Jersey. But I want to challenge those of you who aren't serving yet with this verse from Galatians 5. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh... Rather, say this together, church, ready? Serve one another humbly in love. See, your pain has a purpose. Most people think of their story and they're like, oh, I only like the highlight parts that I could put on Instagram. But God says, actually, I wanna use all of this stuff, all of the failures, all of the hurts, all the struggles, that I'm weaving into my, into my grand story. Think about that. Everything that you have endured in life, God says, I can use that as a source of healing in the lives of others if you let me. This week, you're going to read this amazing quote, all that you thought was ugly and useless will become the gift that you bring to the world. Your pain will be your platform because now your heart is softer and wiser and more unconditional. Wounded hearts will find safety and comfort in your friendship. I thought that was an amazing insight that your pain can be your platform if you ask God. I want you to know that God specializes in using broken people like me like you. Uh, Some people think, well, why would a perfect God use broken people? Well, if he didn't use broken people, who'd be left? (laughs) Right? There'd be nobody left. And here at Liquid, we've been blessed. We have so many leaders who God is using the broken parts of their lives as a way to lead other people to healing and freedom. Right now, I want you to look around you. I actually want you to turn and look down your row and then look behind you because there are secret freedom fighters in this room. Go ahead and look. Go ahead and take a look, okay? There's all sorts of different freedom fighters in this room. I know. There are undercover freedom fighters like Dan and Debbie Bove. Let me show you a picture, okay? Dan and Debbie, uh, their marriage was almost destroyed. Uh, Pornography was a big uh, stronghold for Dan for many years, led to unfaithfulness and, and sexual addiction, almost destroyed their marriage. But Dan surrendered his life to Jesus Christ, and out of that was born a new ministry, He calls it pause ministry where men hit the pause button and now Dan specializes full time in helping men overcome their addiction to pornography and sexual sin. You know what his wife Deb does? Yeah, praise God for Dan and for Deb because Deb now helps wives heal and learn to trust again. So look at that. Something that was meant to destroy their marriage is now used as a source of healing in others. Their pain has become their platform. There are people in this room, in your row, sitting next to you, like Susie and Alex Sores, okay? They're the proud parents of Jules and Alex and Ethan, their precious son, who was born with a health challenge. Ethan uh, is along the the spectrum, uh, nonverbal, kind of autistic, suffers seizures, and as parents of a child with special needs, the Sores really struggled for many, many years. They had a huge health challenge, affected the whole family. And they came to Liquid, and they actually started our special needs program, which now serves hundreds of families Every single week, and here's the cool part: Susie and Alex, her husband, are now—they're kind of the force behind the respite program we've started on Friday nights, where we actually take the children for the, from the parents for the whole, for the night, and they get to go out on a dinner and a date together. And she said, "We wanted other parents to have what we didn't have for many years, and that is a respite for their own soul." In other words, the Sorensen family pain has now become a platform for their ministry. See, God doesn't just help you overcome your own challenges. He says, if you'll let me, I will use them as a source of freedom and blessing in the lives of people you can't even imagine. So understand, right? You may look at your life and you're like, man, there's still all these messy parts. I still have like all these challenges to overcome. But in your workbook this week, you're gonna discuss this question as a group. I love this. Look what it says. It says, what parts of your story do you think go in the trash can? I'm gonna put that in the trash can. But what part, what goes on the platform to help others. I mean, is there anything you don't think God can use? Let me tell you something. There's there's a woman in our congregation uh, right now who had an abortion in in college. She uh, got pregnant. Uh, She was very scared. Her boyfriend convinced her to have an abortion. And she said, Tim, for years, I lived with the guilt of that. I lived with just such regret for taking the life of my unborn child. And she said, just for years, I've lived with that because I didn't know there were any other choices, you know. But then she gave her life to Christ and God does something pretty amazing. And it's just like, you know, she says, when I read that verse that God separates our sin as far as the East is from the West and he actually remembers it no more. She goes, it was like I was set free. And I said, God, would you use that pain and that trauma in my life to help other women? So guess what she does now full time? She works at a crisis pregnancy center counseling at-risk women and letting them know you are not alone. God is with you. Our church is here with you. And her pain has now become her platform for ministry. God's using tremendous pain and heartache and trauma that she would never choose to help others avoid that mistake and bring hope and healing to their lives. Guys, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. You know what that's called? That's called full redemption. Redemption. See, everyone knows what redemption is. Okay, God gives you a second chance, but you know what full redemption is? It's when God makes the devil sorry he ever messed with you in the first place because he is using your deepest pain as this great source of healing in the lives of other people. God doesn't just heal your wounds. He uses them to set others free. So understand you are rescued to be a rescuer. And Christ followers are freedom fighters as we follow our liberator Jesus into battle for the hearts and souls of others. In fact, I want to share something with you that I think will inspire you as you continue this journey to freedom this week after the series is over. It's a passage located in Luke chapter 4. So if you want to open your Bible, flip in your phone there. But this happens right after Jesus' baptism, then his temptation in the desert. Here's what we're told. It says, Jesus went to Nazareth, his hometown, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. So this is part of the Old Testament. It says, unrolling it, he found the place where it's written. And this is a 3,000-year-old prophecy. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. That's he's chosen me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim, what's the word, church? Freedom for the prisoners. Recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed, what? free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your presence. Powerful moment, dramatic moment. This is the moment that Jesus announces the mission of his ministry. He's like, here's the whole reason God the Father sent me to earth. And what does Jesus do? He marches right into the synagogue, which just means he went to church. <laughs> he opened the scroll, which just simply means he flipped open his phone and scrolled through his Bible on there, his Bible app. And it says he found the place, the one place. Says, Where does he choose to read out of all the different scriptures? I'm going to read these words from Isaiah. God has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind. I'm going to open their eyes to the truth of God, and I'm going to set the oppressed free. And this is a 3,000 year old passage from Isaiah 61. You can look it up this week. But basically, Jesus says, Why did I come? What's the purpose of my life? I want everyone everywhere to understand I came to give them back. What's the word there? Freedom. Freedom. That's the main theme of the gospel. But what kind of freedom are we talking about, by the way? Right? Like when Jesus says, I'm setting the prisoners free, what does he mean? Freedom from what? Well, obviously, the first order is freedom from from sin, freedom from from death, but also freedom from religion, (laughs) rules-based religion, right? Most people, they kind of, when they think like, I got to make my way back to God, I've done all these very difficult, hard, terrible things. How do I earn God's approval? They say, well, I'm going to start doing good works. I'm going to follow the rules and hopefully the good will outweigh the bad. Uh, That is a very scary way to live. Jesus says, I'm going to liberate you from fear of You know, death, fear of punishment, because Christ has now redeemed your sin, you are completely forgiven, you are set free to be empowered by God, and you are free, watch this, to obey your father. See, we need to define terms. Freedom doesn't mean what my kids think it means. You know what I mean? Like, what does a middle schooler think freedom means? You you know what I mean, right? A middle school, you ask what freedom is, it means I can do whatever I want, Right? A middle schooler is like, freedom! I'm gonna play Xbox for six hours until my eyes fall out, right? Freedom means I'm gonna eat Doritos for dinner and Skittles for lunch, right? That's freedom for middle schoolers. But the truth is, a lot of adults think the same thing. A lot of adults think freedom means that I can do whatever I want to do for however long I wanna do it, and no one else has a say except me. And a lot of adults live their life and they think, man, if I could have, if I could like call the shots, like if everything I'm in control and have that kind of freedom, then I'd be happy. Then I'd be finally happy because I'm in control. And you know what? Yeah. That's, that's a form of freedom, I suppose, right? As an adult, you're free. What that means is you are technically free, for instance, to drink whatever you want, whenever you want, and how much you ever want to drink. But if you do that consistently and long enough, you're not free really anymore. You've got one of these. A what? An addiction. You've got a drinking problem right? And some of you can attest to this. You're not free. You're like, I am now enslaved. I'm not in control. This controls me. So yeah, you're free. You can party. You're free to party whenever you want. Or you can run up all kinds of, of, of debt, right? You can, you can get your credit card and be like, stuff is going to make me happy. I am going to attack the Short Hills Mall. I am free to buy what I want. And you are free until the bill comes and now you're a slave to MasterCard, right? You're not free anymore. See, there's a direct link between freedom without constraint and slavery. That's what the apostle Paul's talking about when he writes this verse. He says, it's for freedom that Christ set you free. So stand firm and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of what? Slavery. See, if you've spent your life struggling, like let's say, if you've had like an addiction to food and finally you're like, you know, you break free and you bring your eating under control and with God's help, you're getting healthy and you're getting that back in line. Technically, you are free to eat your kids' Halloween candy, right? (laughs) But why would you do that? Paul's like, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be what? What's this word? Mastered by anything. In other words, it all comes down to mastery. Who is in control? Who is in control of your life? Who calls a shot? Is it you? Is it what people say, you're a people pleaser? Before they come to Christ, a lot of people think, well, you know, once I have the control, Then I'm free. Then I'll be happy. But they're not happy. See, the Bible teaches us freedom isn't saying, you know what? I can do whatever I want. Real freedom says God can do whatever he wants with me. If you believe that, say that with me. God can do whatever he wants with me. To follow Christ means I'm actually handing control of my life, every area, back to God because He's my creator, He's my savior, He's the liberator. Daddy knows best, and I trust Him with everything in my life. I've been brought with the blood of Jesus Christ, so He owns me, and I'm here to serve Him. In fact, 1 Peter 2 puts it this way He says, Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Instead, live as God's slave. In other words, we're all going to be kind of a a slave. We're going to serve something in our life, the most powerful thing in our life. But if you serve yourself, you just live for your own pleasure, guess what? You're going to end up alone. (laughs) Because nobody likes to live with somebody who wants to be the master of everything. And no one wants to live with someone who is a slave to selfishness. And so there's a big deal. It means freedom in Christ means you take responsibility for your life. You actually take responsibility to serve gods and others. It's not saying, I'm free to do what I want. It's this humble attitude that says, no, God can do whatever he wants with me. God, my life is an offering. God, use my pain. Make it a platform for your glory. God, I believe the truth of what you say I am in Christ, not what the enemy says. And I trust you because you're a good, good father. And guys, that is so liberating. When you release that and surrender control to God and you say, God, take all this stuff and I give my life to the Holy Spirit and your desires, not my own. Here is the challenge guys it begins this process of freedom but understand that process will take the rest of your life <laughs> see the theological term for this is sanctification sanctification is the process by which god basically he changes your heart he redeems you he shapes he matures he molds you into the spitting image of jesus that's your goal you're going to end up being like jesus and you're like me yeah you but let me tell you it takes longer than 6 weeks okay? If you're here today and you're like, woo, end of freeway, what an awesome series. I'm free of all this stuff. Uh, Look at the fine print. Results, not typical, okay? (laughs) Although this series is ending, the journey to freedom really is just starting for some of you because this process of where you invite the Holy Spirit, like search my heart. I invite you, God, to look under the cushions of my life and all this stuff that you want to change about me, That is an incredibly long process to learn to listen to the voice of truth and not the lies of the enemy. That doesn't take six weeks. It takes a lifetime. And fortunately, that's what God has with you. If you belong to Christ, it means God will never give up on you. In fact, he's just getting started. He says, I promise to bring to completion the good work I started in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, not your flesh. So I guess what I'm saying is in a word, chillax, all right? If you're here today and you're like, man, there's still junk in my trunk, that's normal. And today, we have some really practical next steps you can take in your journey to freedom as the series ends. The first is this. Let me encourage those of you who are in a group to continue in a group. You you may have found that your small group is like just starting to gel, and you're like, I'm kind of bummed it's about to end. It doesn't have to end. Your group leader is actually going to give you a couple options. Some groups may continue meeting. A lot of them do. But if you remember, we asked you to make an eight-week commitment. And that's all we asked for. That wasn't like a bait and switch. So if you're like at the end of eight weeks, you're like, now I'm going to take a little break or I want to try a new group. Guess what? No harm, no foul, no guilt. Okay. You can do that. In fact, we're going to be doing another church-wide group experience in the new year. So if you are here and like, man, I never made it into a group, but that looks like a lot of fun. And I, I kind of missed out on that. We're going to do that in early 2017. But most groups are going to continue meeting because they realize there's power when you grow in community that circles really are stronger than rows. So let me be clear, if you want to continue to grow, you should continue in a group. But secondly, for others, you may want to join a support group. You may want to journey with others who are struggling in ways that are specific to your life. You know, during this series, maybe you unearthed some painful stuff. Maybe you realized, like, you know, Tim, I thought I was actually healed from the divorce, but now I realize I'm not that healed. That is still a very live, raw thing in my life. We've had people say that. Or you've been struggling with an addiction and and you're you're like, woo, freedom, but I still struggle. I lapsed again. I fell off the wagon. That's still a stronghold in my life. Or I've got financial difficulties. I've been so glad I could share that with people openly. I don't feel shame, but I'm still in debt. How do I get out? (laughs) I'm pleased to announce that Liquid is now offering specialized support groups in areas such as divorce care, addiction recovery, and financial freedom. And these groups are not led by like professionals or doctors. Guess what? They're you. You, 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 you. In this room, there are other people who have struggled in these ways, but God has worked in their life and they're like, now I want to help lead others to freedom. A lot of our support group leaders have struggled these ways. I'll give you this example. There's a woman in our congregation who actually her daughter was a heroin addict. And she said, Pastor Tim, I've been through hell, but no parent should have to go through that alone. And so she is leading a support group for parents and families Uh, who have somebody in their family who's going through an addiction like that because she says they have to have others to walk alongside them. We have former alcoholics who have now been walking in sobriety for years, and they're in our church family, and they said, I want to use my experience with addiction to help bring freedom for those who are still addicted. We have folks who have gone through the trauma of a divorce, and they have worked very, very hard. They've really leaned into God, and it's been a long time and a real healing process. And they said, you know what? I have a heart to care for people who are going through a season of trauma or chaos in the relationship. We have men in this church. We have incredible men in this church who, you know what, once were captive to pornography, but they have now found freedom. They said, you know what, I'm going to give my strength to helping other men walk in sexual sobriety. What's the point? In your journey to freedom, guys, God doesn't waste one drop of your pain. Every drop of your pain has a purpose in his story. God says, I've rescued you to be a rescuer. Now, we don't have support groups for every topic at every campus, but your small group leader is gonna have information about which support groups are available for you to explore. That's option number two. You may consider joining a support group. Or option three, you may say, you know what, I'm gonna actually get professional counseling. You know, I've told you guys real upfront, biblical counseling has been a huge help in my own life. Counseling has been super helpful overcoming the early bumps in my marriage, coping with kids, grieving the death of my dad. I really believe a gifted Christian counselor can be used by God to really help heal deeper wounds of the heart. So during this series, some people have experienced, they said, you know what, I, I realize I've got some major you know, scars on my heart from things that have, have happened to me, you know, uh, the, the, the loss, the grief. And, and you know what? You may realize my next step is to have a seasoned professional actually walk through that with me. Good on you. That is super healthy. That is super self-aware. That may be God's next step for you in healing. So your group leaders will be able to give you a list of counselors, and they're not affiliated with Liquid in any way, who you can contact about providing that help and support. That may be your next step in this freeway journey. Now the fourth and final step I'm most excited about is that of baptism next Sunday. You know, in a lot of ways, guys, baptism is the ultimate symbol of spiritual freedom. When you publicly identify as a follower of Jesus, you're like, I see Jesus get baptized, and then he said to me, believe and be baptized. And that is your first step of obedience. Next Sunday at every campus, we're hosting our fall baptisms, and uh, you're going to see something cool. You're going to see dozens and dozens of people sitting around you. They're going to stand up. They're going to put on a t-shirt that has the word, what's the word? free on it they're going to put that t-shirt on behind the scenes we have changing rooms not in the actual sanctuary okay very modest but what we're going to do is they're going to then get in that holy hot tub and they're going to say i believe in the father his son jesus my savior and the holy spirit and publicly go public with their faith you know jesus said whoever acknowledges me publicly before men i will acknowledge before my father in heaven and this is a powerful way there's really no greater symbol of saying you know what I'm giving all of my life now to the control of Jesus. And can you know, I just have a heart-to-heart here? If you're on the fence about that, let me, let me just like pastorally tell you why you should lean into that and push through and get baptized next Sunday. Sometimes I get the question, hey, Tim, you know, I was baptized as an infant or I sprinkled as an infant. And does that mean, I have to be, should I get baptized again as an adult or does that like cancel that out, okay? That, that's a question I get all the time. Let me be just super clear about this, all right? If you were baptized as a child, That was a very special thing your parents did for you. Adult baptism in no way detracts from that. Think about this. If your parents cared enough for you in your spiritual future, they were like, you know what? I'm going to take my child to church, and they took him to your local parish or your Catholic church, and you got sprinkled or baptized. That was a beautiful thing. That was an incredible gift of commitment, and there's nothing we'd ever want to do to take away from the specialness of what your parents did. But at Liquid, we believe... When you make the voluntary decision as an adult to be baptized, you're basically saying, guess what? All of my parents' prayers for me are being fulfilled today. When they took me down to dedicate me to God, they were basically saying, we hope that our child grows up to love God and follow Jesus. That was their commitment. But next week, this is your commitment. When you're an adult, you now can voluntarily choose to be baptized and you're fulfilling those early prayers of your parents. So understand you're not dishonoring them. That is a total, that's a lie. I think that is something the enemy wants to do. You're essentially saying, you know what? I'm going to do what they prayed I'd do, and I'm going to trust God for the rest of my life, and I know that would make them very proud. So you don't worry about that dishonoring them in somehow or that adult baptism somehow negates infant baptism. If anything, I think it affirms it. That's what Diana discovered when she got baptized last spring. Diana attends our Essex County campus in Nutley. Listen to her cool story.
1: I was born and raised in a Catholic family. I attended mass on a regular basis. I completed all of my sacraments. I was baptized. I was confirmed. Um, I made my communion. But I didn't have a real relationship with God. I definitely took things for granted. I definitely let pride get in the way. I definitely uh, you know, worshiped money and material things. And I, I would often put God in my back pocket and pull him out in the case of an emergency. And eventually at 17 years old, I was diagnosed with latent Lyme's disease. At the point that it was finally diagnosed, um, I was experiencing memory loss. I was experiencing extreme fatigue, achiness, um, to the point where I couldn't get out of bed. That was my life for years. I'd push myself. I'd go to work every day. I'd never missed a day of work. I was alive, but I wasn't living. God does not promise that this life is gonna be good for Christians or great for Christians, but he does promise that to always be present and to always be there and help you to persevere. I've been to doctors and doctors and doctors and specialists and the only person that is my healer is God. Liquid Church has gotten me connected with my life group. The people in my life group are my best friends. They're all role models to me. They model what it's like to walk with Christ. For the last couple years, several of my friends have been telling me, Diana, get baptized, Diana, get baptized. Until i have grown in my faith, I didn't understand the simplicity of baptism. And I, I'm really happy that I've waited till now to get baptized, because I feel like it's my own. I feel like it's something that I'm doing. It's my choice. And it's to profess and proclaim my relationship and trust in Jesus Christ. He is my ultimate healer. And uh, that's the reason why I want to be baptized today.
0: Guys, can we hear for Diane and all who were baptized last spring? Take a look. That's a face of freedom there, okay? Guys, Baptism Sunday is one of the best things we do at Liquid because it is a celebration of freedom where you're trusting God as your father, Jesus as your healer, and the Holy Spirit as your guide. And so next week, just want to let you know, again, we have everything prepared for you. You don't have to wear, all you have to bring are, you know, flip-flops and shorts. In fact, we have have flip-flops and backup bathing suits if you don't have one. You get a t-shirt to put on, you get to keep. We even have, you know, towels, private changing room. We have hair product and hair dryers because hair is very important to the Lord Jesus. So listen, and we're going to have a... Uh, a cake at every campus. So invite your family and friends. This really is kind of a special mile marker, I think, in your journey to freedom. So get ready to hear some amazing stories of lives that have been liberated by Christ. Uh, all you have to do, by the way, is just grab a baptism bag if you didn't already. It's got a free CD, all the information. This is actually in the lobby at our baptism booth. Because I am so excited by what God is doing in our church. Are you? Remember, Christ followers are freedom fighters, and we are radically committed to your freedom at this church, and um, we take what Jesus said in Luke 4. I hope that you will make this your own personal mantra. Jesus said, these words are about me, but they're also about you. So could we read this together? We're going to read it and personalize it, okay? God has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Guys, that is a powerful truth. God has chosen you, Demarius, and you, Julie, and you, Sandy, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Just like God said, I'm sending my son, Jesus. I'm sending my daughter. I'm sending my son to proclaim that there's hope, there's healing for those who need a second chance. And that can change someone's life, like Morrison. Morrison was a literal prisoner. He was in prison 17 years, federal prison. But while behind bars, Morrison met Jesus Christ who set him free on the inside, but he was still in prison, for real. And so Morrison was released from federal prison this summer, and our friend Mike Foster, who started Freeway, said, you know what? We need to throw Morrison a party. We need to throw him a prodigal party and let him know the father can't wait to welcome him home. And so they got together some balloons, and they threw a prodigal party to celebrate Morrison's freedom. Watch this.
1: second chance to be a better husband I have a second chance to be a better father I have a second chance to uh, do the things that God has called me to do you know I'm just grateful for a second chance I did almost 17 years in prison and you know it wasn't easy but by the grace of God God brought me through it
0: I love that. I love that. Throwing a a prodigal party for an ex-con, a prisoner who is literally set free by Jesus Christ and gets a second chance. And so we said, you know what? Let's do that today. Let's throw a party and celebrate our freedom in Christ here at the end of Freeway. And so what we have, I got a lot of balloons here, okay? And you saw them at the end of Morrison's party. They released all these balloons into the sky as a symbol of freedom. And so as we end this series, I have this question for you. What do you want to be free from? As this series ends, what do you want to let go of? In other words, with God's help, you're saying, you know what? I am free. From that addiction, that defines me no more. I am not defeated. I have victory in Christ. I am free. God has canceled my debt to God, and He's going to give me power to cancel my debt to Mastercard. You know, I'm not going to believe the lies anymore that I'm worthless and have nothing. I'm going to believe the truth of who I am in Christ. I'm going to get rid. You know, my health issues. I am surrendering that to God because He's my healer. You know what? That abortion. I am forgiven and set free. I am free. I am free indeed. Amen. What do you want to be free from? In fact. I'm gonna give you a chance to write it out on your very own balloon. Are you ready? We're gonna have a little party. Surprise, everybody. DJ, can we have a little bit of party music? Ushers, come on in. Here they come. Come on in, guys. Everybody get a balloon. Balloons for everybody. Give it to them, come on.
1: Everybody gets
0: one. Take one balloon
1: and toss it down.
0: When Come on, we get one balloon, close. everybody. Everybody take one and pass it down. Move, well, you know Come on, people. Take one I balloon. Do, Come on, everybody. Take dance, dance, one and pass dance, dance, it down. Pass it down the row, everybody gets the balloon. Pass it down. Don't let it go yet. He let it go. Don't let it go. Hold on to that balloon. Everybody gets one balloon. Alright, that's good. Alright, that's, that's it. That's good enough music there. This is a church for heaven's sakes. You're playing Justin Timberlake up in this place. Everybody take one balloon to help everybody's got at least one. And I want to write one word. If you're gonna write one word where you said I walk out of here, and by the power of God. I want to let this go. I want to be free of this. I want you to write that word on your balloon because we are going to leave this place and we are going to march out of this building and go to the front outside and together we're going to release thousands of balloons into the sky. We're going to have a party all over New Jersey and I want to acknowledge these are biodegradable balloons. All right. Those naturalists who are like, wait, the environment, they're biodegradable. Relax, everybody. But you write one word on there. Where you're like, if I could be free of this, man, that would be a powerful thing. And we're going to ask you, don't release it yet, okay? Someone just release it in the room. Just hold on to that. We're going to march out of here together. When we go outside, guys, it's going to be an exciting thing to see. Thousands of balloons go up. And you know what? It's going to be our way of saying, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen? Let's stand up and pray together before we march on out, guys. Father God, we thank you so much for the work that you're doing in our church Lord, that you have set us free. Lord, we are free from our sin. We are free in Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father God, I ask for healing, Lord, for marriages, for people who are overcoming habits and addictions. God, we thank you, Lord, um, that we know how the story ends, and you're working it all together for good. And so we release these things now into your hand as an act of trust in you, our perfect, perfect Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said together, Amen. amen. All right, let me invite your campus leader now to come forward and give you a little bit of instructions as we head out to party.